0: everybody, this is David Perkins. You're listening to the Desperation Podcast. Join us this summer for the Desperation Conference at New Life Church in Colorado Springs, July 9th through 11th. For more information and resources, go to desperationonline.com.
1: Tonight, I want you guys, you guys are going to have just the amazing honor and privilege of hearing from my beautiful Octavia Cormier tonight. She's amazing. Um... And she just has some things that God just put on her heart to, to share with you guys tonight. So listen up, pay attention, and, uh, and hear God speak through this amazing woman of God. Y'all welcome Octavia Cormier as she comes.
2: y'all love Pastor
0: Brandon.
2: Me too. It is a privilege and an honor to um, be able to serve alongside him. And so as you know, I'm his wife. I am Ryan's mom. She's awesome. Um, Probably a lot of you have seen her running around singing, dancing with her little Afro puffs. In addition to that, I work for the Dream Centers. I don't know if you guys have heard of them, but so like Mary's home, the Joel home, we have a free women's clinic. So that's what I do during the day when I'm not taking care of Ryan and when I'm taking care of Ryan. Um, And so today I'm just so excited that I get to share with you about family because it's something that is very dear to my heart. But before... I do that, I just want to share, this morning was a little bit crazy for me. Do y'all ever have those kind of mornings where you feel like everything is going wrong? Yeah. So this morning, I was um, getting ready to go to a meeting with my boss. And so I was dressed, I was ready to go, and I was getting ready to walk out the door, down the steps. And I love to wear high heels, so I had my high heels on. Yeah. And... Um, <laughs> So I'm walking down and my heel gets stuck on the step and not only do I trip but I fall like all the way I hit the concrete I scrape up my shoes scrape up my elbow my hand and I'm just like did I really just fall I'm I'm not normally clumsy like that so I look and I see I'm like dang it I dropped my phone so I pick it up my screen is shattered and then I look at my other hand and there are there are pieces of glass stuck in my hand from my phone, so I get get myself together and uh, clean myself up. Get in the car. I'm on my way downtown to my meeting, and then all of a sudden, this huge diesel truck is like running me off the road. <laughs> and so I'm like honking the horn, like "Hello! Don't you see me? I'm over here!" So this morning was a little bit crazy. And then I get home, and Ryan is acting so crazy. Like, she took a nap, but she's acting like she didn't. She's whining. She doesn't want to eat. She's just crazy. And so today was a pretty full day. And then dear sweet Pastor Brandon sends me a message, and he says, well, all of you know um, desperation is coming up, and so we're all busy setting up, preparing messages, all these different things. And so he messages me and says, hey, would you like to share tonight? And I'm like, oh, okay. Okay. And so maybe many of you don't know this about me, but I'm a planner. Like, I don't like to do anything spur of the moment. If he asks me to speak or whatever, I'm like, okay, can you give me about a month to prepare? So he messages me today around 3.30, and I'm like, oh, okay, well, I'm going to answer the call. And yes, because I felt like um, if there is any subject that I could share on, family is definitely that subject for me. And so um, I think family is so near and dear to my heart because it has brought me a lot of pain and it has also brought me a lot of joy. So tonight I am honored to be able to share with you. Um, As a child, it was probably clear to everybody around me that my family was very, very far from being picture perfect. Um, My parents met whenever they were in high school And, um, my mom got pregnant when she was 17 with my brother, and then she got pregnant with me three years later, and then they got married about four years later. So if you do the math, you can tell that that doesn't add up, and, um, obviously we were born into dysfunction, which probably a lot of you, um, were born into some form of dysfunction or another, um. But I'm so glad to say that today, like, I don't have a perfect family, but we have a healthy family. Um, We see the goodness of the Lord, uh, the mercy of the Lord. We walk in freedom. We walk in love and grace with each other. And so I'm so thankful for that. But I just want to share some, I guess, not-so-happy times and then just kind of let you know how the Lord helped me to navigate through some of that. So the first week, Pastor Brandon talked about, when home hurts. And you probably remember that story because it was about Tamar and how she was raped by her half-brother, Amnon. That's a story that you can definitely remember. Um, So she was born into dysfunction. So before she got there, it was already a mess. And I can definitely relate because my situation was very, very similar. So like I said, my parents had my brother and I out of wedlock and um, my dad was ridiculously abusive to my mom. So verbally, mentally, physically, any way that you can imagine, he was abusive. Not to mention, he was never faithful to her. So, like, even in high school when they were, da- when they were dating, which I feel like is a message to all of you out there, if the person is a mess in high school, they're probably going to be a mess whenever they get older, too. And so... Um, <laughs> So growing up, my, I lived with my mom and my dad. Um, my dad lived there, but he wasn't really present. Like, he came home to eat, sleep, and, of course, he would abuse my mom when he was at home. Um, I can remember my mom finally deciding one day, we're going to leave your dad. And so we packed up the car, and I felt like it was a Lifetime movie. Um, packed up the car, we drove all day long while he was at work. And we're talking about how great our life is going to be because he's not going to be abusing us and drinking and, you know, and all these different things. And the sun is getting ready to set. It's about 6 o'clock in the afternoon, and our car breaks down on the side of the road. And this is before, like, cell phones and all of that, so we can just call someone. So we get to the closest, like, body shop, and they're getting ready to close. So they're like, we can keep the car overnight, but basically there's nothing that we can do tonight for you. And we grew up very poor, so it wasn't like we could just get a room at the Hilton or the Broadmoor and we're just going to stay here for the night and then we'll pick up in the morning. And uh, we weren't close with our family, so my mom had to call my dad and say, oh, by the way, I decided I was going to leave you earlier today. Um, The kids and I drove all day long. We're about six or seven hours out. Can you please come and pick us up? And so I remember thinking, my mom's going to lose her life tonight, like. That's it. He, this is going to be the time that he flies off the handle, and he's not going to stop. And so, you know, he came, and he picked us up, and he's, like, cursing her out in front of the people. So we're embarrassed, but even more than that, I'm like, oh, Jesus, what's going to happen whenever we get in the car? So we get in the car. We drive across the street to the gas station, and I remember him taking my mom's head and just, like, slamming it against the little seatbelt thing. And, like, my mom crying, and we're just like, what's going to happen? So on our way home, he's been drinking. So my dad was an alcoholic. He's been drinking. He's driving crazy around the road. And, like, if I can't have you, nobody can have you. I'll kill all of you. Just, like, really, really scary. And so, you know, I say all that to not to dishonor my father at all, but I want you to know, like, how serious it was. I don't want to sugarcoat it for you because I know that some of you are going home to abusive families, mother, father, or maybe you have friends um, that they are in abusive situations. So I just want to be really honest and upfront with you about how bad it was. So about six years later, um, my parents got divorced. And normally people are really sad when their parents get divorced, but we were like, thank you, Jesus. Like, we don't have to deal with the drama of all that anymore. But little did I know that this is going to have major, major effects on my life. So last week, Pastor Dan and Pastor Amy spoke about their not-so-perfect, their not-so-picture-perfect families. And Pastor Amy said that God is calling us to to do three three. Three things. So he's calling us to forgive, to love, and to honor our family members no matter what. And as I entered high school, I was faced with the decision whether or not I was going to honor my father. And I chose not to. I'm like, he doesn't deserve it. Um, I don't feel like he's worthy of my honor. I don't feel like he's worthy of my respect. Um, I felt like I loved him because I never voiced that I hated him. And the bad things that I said about him were true. So I'm like, no big deal. I'm just telling the truth. I'm just telling it like it is. But I didn't realize that that's not what the Lord meant whenever he said to honor your mother and your father. So think about like Father's Day, birthday, comes around every year. Never sent him a Father's Day card. Never sent a birthday card. Never gave him a phone call because I felt like, well, if you were a father, then I would send you a Father's Day card. Like, if you did the things that you were supposed to do, then I would do those things, not knowing that I was wrong the whole time because the Lord doesn't say honor your mother and father if he says honor your mother and your father. And so little did I know that I wasn't going to have my whole life to make things right with my father. Um, Obviously, all of us know that at some point we're going to die, you know, but you never think that your parents are going to pass away before you. So about three years ago, my dad died suddenly. He had a massive heart attack, and um, I still remember it like it was yesterday. I was in class, and I had all these phone calls and all these text messages from my family, and it was like immediately I just knew, you know, he's passed away. So initially, I felt—I was so prideful. I'm like, well, I was a great daughter. You know, I did everything that I was supposed to do. I know that the Lord is so pleased with me because I was such a great daughter to him. I have no regrets. And then a couple weeks passed, and my heart began to be more tender, and I started to ask the Lord some hard questions like, was I really a good daughter to him? Did I really show him the love of Christ? And did he know that I loved him more than just me saying, I love you because that's the thing that I'm supposed to do? And the Lord gave me some hard answers. He's like, no, you didn't show him my love. You were so busy being off at YWAM and reaching the nations and going to India and um, praying for the sick to get healed in with Mother Teresa's ministry. And you were so consumed with all of that. Your dad needed my love so much. And you were just like, He's damaged goods. Like, he's not good enough for me to love. I don't have time to to deal with that. And that's a really hard thing to hear from the Lord whenever you feel like you've you've done it the right way. See, when I was in college, um, I began to see the Lord as my father because my dad wasn't there to give me acceptance and tell me that I was beautiful and I was valuable and and all of those things. So, I started to seek the Lord for those things. And he totally met me. So I knew that he was my rock. I knew that he was my refuge. I knew that he was my fortress. Like I knew all these things about the Lord. Unfortunately, I missed the part about honoring my father. And so it may feel like, okay, she keeps going over that and over that and over that. But it's so huge that, um, you choose to honor your mother, your father, your brothers, your sisters while they're here. Um, and so maybe some of you need to ask yourself some of those questions, like, am I showing them the love of God, or am I so busy with my friends and school and DSM, and woo? desperation is coming up. I'm so excited to, you know, to hear all of those things, like, are you really loving your family? Are you caring for them? Are you going out of your way to be a blessing to them? And, and just be kind. The, the Word of God says that His loving kindness draws us to repentance, So are you kind to your family? I was not kind to my father. And I just thought, I'm so awesome. I'm such a great Christian. Um, But just forgetting, like, he was probably the person that needed love the most in my life. Because, you know what, no one says, hey, I want to be an alcoholic when I grow up. I want to abuse my wife. I want to abuse my children. I want to ruin everything that I've worked for. And so you've heard it like a million times that hurt people hurt people. But honestly, like, no one grows up wanting to do those things. And so maybe if I would have just stepped outside of my little Christian bubble and just said, I love you. And you know what? You're the father, and I feel like I'm supposed to receive these things from you. But I just want to say you're worth it, and God died on the cross for you. And so just sowing those things into his life could have made a big difference so, again, maybe it's not your mom, maybe it's not your dad, but who is it? Or maybe you guys have a great family. Which of your friends do you know that's going home to, to hurt and um, that needs healing? And so I want to say, again, like honor your family that's here. Um, but if your family has passed away, it's not too late. So my dad passed away. I had to write some hard letters. Um, I had to talk through some things with counseling and with my parents and with Pastor Brandon and those types of things because it doesn't just go away. It's like an onion. So maybe layers one, two, and three, like I'm done and I'm good with those areas. But then there's there's other layers. And then sometimes those layers come back. And so you have to be able to position your heart in a place where you're like, Lord, however many times you want me to deal with that, however many times it takes for you to really heal my heart and for me to be able to walk in freedom, I want to be able to do that. And so that's if they've passed away. But then also there are probably some of you in here that they're alive and they just don't, for whatever reason, they choose not to be a part of your life, honor them, love them, forgive them, because that gives you freedom. Um, And so, you know, I talked about in the beginning that we have a healthy family, and that's because Pastor Brandon and myself have chose to leave the things behind that don't look like God from our past, and we're going to pick up the things that look like him. And so there's no doubt in my mind, like, Ryan, our little girl, is going to have an amazing relationship with Pastor Brandon because of the decisions that we're deciding to make now. And so each of you can make decisions to honor, to bless, that kind of thing. And then you don't have to worry that the generations that are coming behind you, that they're going to have to deal with the same things that you've dealt with. And that you're going to have to be 30, 40, 50, still hating your mother, still hating your father, still having this emptiness in your heart but that even tonight, like you can lay those things down before the Lord and just allow him to begin doing a work in your life. Um, Forgiveness is a really, really powerful thing. So I said that hurt people hurt people, but the opposite is true as well, that healed people heal people. So there was a long time, you know, there were years that I never would have been able to sit here and share with you and any of that, but because I've, taken the steps and the Lord has, I've partnered with the Lord. I'm able to say he can do it. He can heal your heart. Um, the things that no one else knows about, the areas that you don't even want other people to touch, that God is a redeemer, that he is one that restores. He's one that redeems. And so he can fix any situation. And I'm not saying that means that now you're going to have a perfect family because that's not the case. We always are going to have to work through things but he can heal your heart, and he can allow you to walk in freedom, and then you being able to be a carrier of that freedom and the presence of of the Lord, and be able to give that to someone else. So tonight, just encourage you: open your hearts and just allow the Lord to to answer some of those hard questions um, about your family and. Maybe you're curious as to why it's not picture perfect, but I just encourage you to take those things, to lay them at the feet of the Lord and allow him to deal with your questions, your fears, your anger. Um, Allow the Lord to deal with all of those things tonight. So I'm going to pass it back over to Pastor Brandon.
1: Hey, you guys. Tonight, I want to share one passage of scripture tonight before we, before we close. And um, just so thankful for my wife. I'm so thankful for Octavia. She was telling that story. I remember that was our first year uh, of marriage. I was actually at ORU in a week of classes. My uncle had died on the Monday. Her dad died on the Tuesday, Wednesday. On the Wednesday, actually, I found out that my uncle had died on the Tuesday. She found out that her father died on the Wednesday. I'm at ORU in Tulsa. She's at home. Uh, we've been married. That was, that was gonna be. It was February because it was our first Valentine's Day together. We spent in a in a weird hotel in a rural Oklahoma <laughs> in some tiny town that you're just not even on a map. But I just remember walking through that season and how God came. Um, it's so many times, just Octavia just touched on it tonight too. What we don't have at home, you will try to find in relationships. Um, And so it's always interesting to me to see uh, you show me a young person who is not completely filled and affirmed by their biological father or their heavenly father. And I'll show you the person who will go from relationship to relationship, from friendship to friendship, looking, just searching For that, for for, for what only God can give, but we search for it in a dating relationship. We'll search for it just even in our friendships as well. And the cycle will continue throughout your life until we come to the place of realizing that it is only him who is authorized to be our heavenly father. And there are just some things in our lives that only he can fix. There are just some things in our lives that only he can give us. There's only so much I can give Octavia. There's only so much I can give as much as I love her. Father, Abba, Father comes in and does what he does. And so this passage of scripture tonight, Psalm chapter 68, verse 3 says, But let the godly rejoice. Let them be glad in God's presence. Let them be filled with joy. Sing praises to God and to his name. Sing loud praises to him who rides the clouds. His name is the Lord. Rejoice in his presence. Father to the fatherless. Defender of widows. This is God whose dwelling is holy. God places the lonely in families. He sets the prisoners free and gives them joy. But he makes the rebellious live in a sun scorched land. Hey, to kind of wrap up this series that we've been in for several weeks now, I wanted to take you just by way of a movie clip. This is a movie that came out years and years ago. And uh, I won't even say the title because it's, it's kind of, there's some violence in it and that kind of thing. But there's one piece in this particular movie. And I'll just kind of give you the setup for it and then you guys can play it. There's a, there's a little boy who has been stolen. He's been recruited. This took place in uh, in Africa uh, within the last couple of decades or so. And he has been recruited into this militant uh, into this uh, militia, this militant group. And so he's stolen from his land. Uh, they come and take him. And over a period of time, they begin speaking a new identity over him. He had a great relationship with his father. And his father loved him with all of his heart. And so his father had taught him certain things. And by this point, he's about 11, 12, 13 years old. But at this point in the movie, it had been years since he had actually seen his dad. He had been coached. He had been trained to become a military killer. So 13 years old, trained in the way of weaponry, trained to steal, trained to be violent, a nature that he had never, ever been taught by his father. And all of a sudden There's a confrontation that takes place. His father is with another gentleman uh, played um, by the actor Leonardo DiCaprio. And they are in the middle. They're in the middle uh, of um, kind of arguing. And his son kind of shows up. And by way of this clip, I just want you guys to see what happens whenever a father takes his rightful place and begins to speak identity over his kid. Let's go there.
0: What are you doing? Dear! Nyangbe! Nyangbe! What are you doing? Bela, Dear Vandi, of the Proud Mende tribe. You are a good boy who loves soccer and school. Your mother loves you so much. She waits by the fire making plantains and red palm oil stew with your sister hand. And you do baby? The cows wait for you. And Babu. The wild dog who wants no one but you. Hm? I know they made you do bad things, but you're not a bad boy. I am your father, who loves you, and you will come home with me and be my son again. This hope, and I have this prayer, and I am believing. Here tonight, how many sons have cried for their father?
1: guys so tonight as we just prepare to close you know one of the amazing mentors in my life and youth ministry heroes always says you'll never you'll never understand this particular generation until you first understand the deep longing and the need for a father some years ago about almost eight years in youth ministry now. No matter if you have a nuclear family, you have a mom, you have a dad. Some of us have dads in the home that are completely not present. Hey, wherever you are in your journey, God bless you if you have dads in your life to speak identity over you and living out a Christ-honoring life and speaking blessing over you. But I know enough of your stories. Know that that's not true of every single one of us, but I also know the Word of God. Word of God is true tonight. Psalm 68:5. He is a father to the fatherless. He's a defender of widows. This is God in His dwelling. God places the lonely in families, and He sets the prisoners free, and He gives them joy. I don't know where you are in your journey with Jesus tonight. know we have lots of first timers just coming through. We're so glad you're here. Some of you have been coming for years and years and aren't yet following Jesus. We're glad you're here tonight. I want to just kind of ask you a question: Do you have a father? Do you know your father tonight in this moment? And I'm not just talking about your biological dad. I'm talking about your heavenly father. Do you know him? Do you know him by name? Does he know you? Do you know that he loves you? Do you know that he is for you? Do you know that he has an amazing plan for your life? Have you allowed him to heal every hurt in your life? Have you allowed him to be what only he can be in your life? Or are you searching for that in all the wrong places? Are you trying to fill that void with video games or sports or athletics or trying to be something that you were never meant to be? So I had a pretty incredible meeting with a real spiritual father here in New Life. And one of the things he just said to me is he just looked across the table. He just Brandon, I'm so proud of you. And I am for you. And there's nothing else that you ever need to do in this ministry, in this church, in your life to make me any more proud of you. I'm for you. And I'm just telling you that whenever you hear a father say that to you, to us, me, gosh, it just does something on the inside of you. Yeah, he's for me, man. I know who I am. And so tonight, as we just kind of get ready to close this picture-perfect series again, we want to tell you there are no picture-perfect families. That's a lie. That's a delusion. And those of you who think your families are perfect, you're just in delusion. (laughs) And one day you'll realize (laughs) for those of us who are kind of honest and we say, gosh, I just, I need to hear from my heavenly father tonight. Gosh, I need to know that he's for me. Gosh, I need to know that he loves me. Gosh, I need to know that he really calls me son or daughter. What was powerful in that clip is the moment he starts telling his son who he is as the only one that is authorized to speak identity over him. Something changed in his son's life because he says, this is where you're from and this is your heritage and this is who your mom is this is who your father is and this is what we do and this is who we are not that then something can change some of us even tonight i just had a picture as we were looking at that it's like some of us have been so angry with our heavenly father that you've been you just you just believe the lie and so you've been so angry with him But tonight, he says, there's no need for you to be angry with me. And he's not angry with you. That's what's really beautiful. He's not mad at you. He's madly in love with you. And just like the moment whenever his son literally holding a gun to his head, he still looks at him with eyes of love saying, you are mine. You are mine some of us have been running for so long you don't even know who you are but I just hear the Lord saying run away from me just keep on, just keep running, just keep running because you'll end up right back into me you'll end up running right back into my arms because at one point or another you'll realize that I'm the only one that can satisfy, I'm the only one that can heal, I'm the only one that can feel and I love you tonight, come on hear the heart of the Father tonight see maybe you came in here suspicious suspicious Maybe you came in here a little bit, oh, I don't know, I don't really know. Hey, tonight, I'm just getting Courage, you, jump all the way in. It really is real. He really does love with an everlasting love. An everlasting love. It's every head bow, every eye closed tonight. You know, we just want to give you a moment to respond to your heavenly father tonight. If you say, gosh, that's, that's me. And maybe you have a dad in your life and. Then he's great. But but you need to hear from your heavenly dad tonight. You need to hear from your heavenly father. Even tonight and in this moment. You say I need to hear him take a blessing over me. I want someone to just even just agree. Hey, I feel like the father would bless you tonight. He'll speak his love over you tonight. If that's you, I just want you to stand to your feet very quickly. I believe the father is here and he's going to start stamping hearts. He's going to start stamping approval. So if that's you, would you just stand very quickly to your feet right now? You can just lift up your hands to Jesus right where you are and just just cry out to Him. (laughs) He really is a good dad. And He delights in you tonight. He delights in you tonight. He loves you tonight. God, I thank you that you are a father to the fatherless. Thank you that you'll release blessing tonight, Father, as we respond to you. So even right now in this moment, even those who are just kind of seated in this moment right now, Lord, and the weight is so heavy upon them, God, I ask for a lightning of the load even now, Jesus. You are a good dad tonight. You're a good father tonight in this moment. Release your peace, oh God. For those who've been running, I thank you, Jesus, that you say there's no need to run anymore. There's no need to run away from me anymore. Just hear the Lord saying that. Stop running from me. There's no need for you to run from me. But if you run to me, I'll heal you. If you just run to me, I'll feel you tonight. Holy Spirit, would you feel? Holy Spirit, would you touch hearts even now? Father, I would you just pray this prayer. Lead tonight, every head bow, every eye closed, just say, Father, come on, let's say it again. Father, we are yours tonight. You are my father. I thank you that you receive me through Jesus' work on the cross. Thank you that you are pleased with me. Thank you that you delight in me. Tonight, in this moment, I say yes to you. You are my Father. You are my God. Father, I thank you tonight in the name of Jesus, that even in this moment, you're just removing shame. I thank you that in this moment, you're removing pain. Even now, Lord, you love us for real. Let's all stand to our feet tonight, even just right now in this moment. And if you say, gosh, I just need someone just to, just to agree with me. Or if you had your hands lifted, hey, would you just quickly make your way to this altar tonight? We just want to speak the blessings of God over you tonight. Is that cool? And so, again, if your hand was lifted, or even if it wasn't, and you just say, gosh, I want someone to agree with me tonight. I need to leave this place knowing that, that God is my Father. He is my He's my dad and I, won't, I I don't want to continue looking for that in any other place, in any other relation, nowhere else. He is mine and I need to be reminded of that tonight. Hey, would you just be so bold just to step out from where you are. You can come down here to this altar, also to the sides. We're just going to pray with you as we worship together on this last worship song before we dismiss. So move really, really quickly. We don't have a ton of time tonight. But let's just sing this song as our prayer to the Lord tonight because he really does love us. Amen.